Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to Season 7 of What the Flock. This season, our goal is to carefully approach some very serious and often polarizing topics. The issues we're going to focus on have and continue to cause so much damage, people seem unable to civilly discuss these topics. The episodes in this season will give you the tools you need to facilitate your ability to talk about these topics in a beneficial manner. I'm joined by my co-host, Joel Swakowski. How you doing, Joel? I'm doing great, Jonathan. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Glad to be here, as always. I have a disclaimer for you, Joel, and our dear listeners out there. The seriousness of these issues often result in people not hearing both sides before judging the issue. So with that said, we encourage you to be careful sharing anything from these episodes with other people without first encouraging them to hear the entire episode for themselves. Also, in addition to listening to the entire episode for yourself, we highly recommend listening to any previous episodes that are referenced during this episode. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, these are all topics that have been debated at length. The reason they have and continue to be debated is because traditional style debates do not work. Those types of debates pit two sides against each other. Each side is concerned with only trying to prove their own point, often becoming overly emotional about the topic, even triggering. And instead of trying to learn something new and find out how they could be wrong, when it comes to these topics, people seem to want to root themselves deeper into what they already believe. Right. So we're trying to just help you share it the right way. We're just trying to bring people along on a journey that we're on the right way. So so it's 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 serious stuff. And because we're in a process of building to these topics is is what this journey's been about. You know, one of the things we've we've seen is the previous six seasons, each issue has two perspectives that distract people from the ultimate answer. We called it the strict and the loose side of the argument. Joel, can you give us an overview of the strict and loose sides? Yes, sir. The strict side invites and initiates conflict on these topics. This side tends to be a bully, using intimidation as a tactic to control people. They hold people to strict standards in which they rationalize away any need they would have to hold themselves to that same standard. These people become hypocrites, like the Pharisees, when they are confronted and their response to that confrontation is to justify why they can hold others to a higher standard than they hold themselves. The loose side avoids conflict and tension as much as possible. The standards they hold themselves to are based on how they and others feel, which leaves them with no objective measures for what the moral answer is. This side tends to be an enabler, removing any discomfort brought on by confrontation. These people show that they don't actually care for other people when they avoid confronting people who are in pain for their own benefit. Right. So in summary, we're we're either dealing with someone who has bullying tendencies or enabling tendencies. And the number one technique that we're going to use throughout the season is to repeat back to the opposing side what they believe to their satisfaction before making our point. 
It's the only way to have a profitable interaction because it causes people to listen to the other side once they know they've been heard. This is also amazing marriage advice for anybody who's married out there. Yeah, good. Debating would actually be a benefit if seeking first to understand was the guiding principle that the debating mediator followed. So we're going to first focus on seeking first to understand. That's what this is all about. So this has really helped me. It's been great to learn this technique because every time we do a podcast, ever since season seven, it's just rolling around in my brain as the first thing that I should be doing. And see, working through this podcast now, we're in our 12th episode, Mm -hmm. has definitely helped me become better at hearing others. I know it's like my, it's become my, my go-to advice. We are drilling this into our, into ourselves every time we do an episode. Oh my goodness. It's been good. Yep. I agree. If anything, people around me are not complaining that I'm not understanding them. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So let's approach the topic that we're going to discuss today. What is it, Joel? Christian counseling. Awesome. What is the strict side of the topic of Christian counseling. The strict side would be the only healthy counseling is Christian counseling. Okay. Well, let me repeat that back to you, to your satisfaction. The only healthy counseling is Christian counseling. That would essentially mean any non-Christian counseling is unhealthy. Do I understand you? Yeah, I Yes, I feel heard. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. What about the loose side? What is the loose side? The loose side would say something to the effect of Christian counseling hurts people more than it helps them. Okay. So the loose side, I'm going to repeating this back to you, believes Christian counseling hurts more than it helps. So literally saying that Christian counseling is a problem. They're not, yeah. you, you didn't say in that loose side that non-Christian counseling hurts. You said Christian right. counseling hurts. Do I understand you? Yes, you do. Thank you. Excellent. So here, let me just summarize both perspectives. The strict side believes the only healthy counseling is Christian counseling. The loose side believes Christian counseling hurts more than it helps. So this is where we're at right now. So now let's argue for these sides and against the other side. So Joel, let's say that you are taking on Mr. or Mrs. Strick's perspective. How would you argue for or in support of the Strick side? All right. So for or in support of the Strick side, I would say the best way to care for everyone, including Christians is to help them worship Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit, and obey God's wisdom as the author of our souls. And this can only be done by a Christian counselor. Now, on that strict side, still from the perspective of Mr. or Mrs. Strict, if I was speaking against the loose side, I would say secular counseling does not recognize God's existence. And on the strict side, I could ask the following question to someone on the loose side. Proverbs 11, 14, and 15 says, where no counsel is, the people fall. 
but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Who provides more safety than Christians? Excellent. Okay. How would you argue for the loose side if you held that perspective? So Mr. or Mrs. Loose may say something like, Christian counselors are mixing secular techniques with an inspirational resource. Really, it's a band-aid that allows them to control people's behaviors in the moment, but really has no lasting effect. Hmm. Now, still on the loose side, arguing against the strict side, I would say something like, the strict side claims to see God's word as the primary source of knowledge, yet no one understands the Bible, so they are hurting people. And then again, a question I could ask from the loose side to someone on the strict side is, do you emphasize Jesus's ability to heal wounds or forgive sins in the counseling? Or is the emphasis on how we can fix ourselves? Oh, great question. Yeah. Nice. Okay. That's the strict and loose perspective. Joel, what is the ultimate answer? Ultimate answer, big picture. The answer is leadership, grace, and love with an emphasis on Paul's approach that we shared in our season seven supplementary episode. So there you go. There's one of the episodes in particular, one of the episodes that everybody should have listened before any season seven episodes. They're all founded on what we learn through Paul's example. And what one of the things we've learned is we need to know whether we are talking to a believer or an unbeliever. We also learn that we need to know whether we're talking to someone who's strong in the faith or weak in the faith. Because we don't want to cause a believer to stumble, and we do want to reach the unbeliever for God. Now, what this looks like for the leadership principle is we ought to seek to understand the other person's perspective. With the topic of Christian counseling, we can start by making sure we understand each other's definitions of the key words we're using, such as psychology, mental health, counseling, etc. With the principles of grace and love, ultimately, when interacting with either side, the person ought to take direction from God via grace in order to love that other person. Grace and love are the key to avoiding enabling and key to avoiding judging the other person with the hopes of either winning them or edifying them. So two more episodes that we highly recommend listening to are the grace and love episodes, season two, episode 13, season one, episode 15, respectively. Now, small picture, when it comes to this specific topic, I'd like to offer a perspective you may not have thought of. To start, Pitching one more episode for you. Highly recommend listening to the laborers episode for hmm. the entire explanation. But here's a summary. Nice. Matthew 9, 35 through 38 stated that Jesus healed all the people of every sickness and disease. Yet they were still scattered and downcast. Depending on the translation, those two words were different, but what those words spoke to from the original, which is something we learned in season six, is a really important step in getting an accurate interpretation of the scriptures, is that those two words spoke to people's mental and emotional condition. 
Jesus then stated for us to pray for laborers to help with those mental and emotional conditions. Furthermore, we learn that God can instantly heal a person physically and spiritually. Yet God cannot instantly heal a person mentally and emotionally. This is supposed to be done over time by laborers. Called laborers because it is a lot of work and it's hard work and it it takes time. Yes, it does. So there is a role in the Bible that shows the value of psychologists and counselors. Psychologists and counselors aren't wrong in and of themselves. In fact, we made the case that the church has contracted out this vital role to the secular world. Why? Because everyone intrinsically knows we need help from each other in the mental and emotional areas of our lives. Now, the issue with counseling comes down to whether the laborer has good doctrine or just espouses platitudes. So what is a platitude? A platitude is a remark or statement, especially one with moral content, that has been used too often to be interesting or thoughtful, or it has been used too often where it has lost its meaning, or it has been used too often where it just has this poetic feeling to it, this emotion to it, with no true substance. So here's some examples of platitudes. Jonathan, nobody's perfect. Hate the sin, love the sinner. Let me pray about it. Everything happens for a reason. Just have faith. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Those are some very popular examples of platitudes. You've probably heard them. They probably Mm -hmm. make you feel a certain way. (laughs) Possibly they make you feel good. Yet what do those mean? Those statements have a lot of times, more often than not, have lost their meaning or have never really meant anything that helps a person. Now, counselors are meant to help their clients have healthy behaviors. Think of what a count, like really think about what a person is going to see a counselor for. It's usually what we taught, what we've talked about in some of our thought process based episodes is people struggle with wanting to do a behavior they just can't get themselves to do, or they struggle with wanting to stop a behavior they just can't seem to get themselves to stop doing. Now, over the course of seven seasons, we've learned that the cause of all healthy behaviors stems from having a healthy thought process. So a big question to to ask yourselves is, do Christian counselors supply their clients with the causes of a healthy thought process and the causes of healthy behaviors, or do they only give those effects that are based in platitudes? So for an example, the Bible lists the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. We've covered this in an episode as well. 
says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control against such there is no law. So if a counselor spends the session telling you, for instance, to have peace, then they're focused on effects and espousing platitudes. You just need to be more calm. You just need to be more peaceful, Jonathan. Mm. Just get control of yourself. Well, how exactly do you, for instance, have peace? Do you just keep repeating, I have peace, I have peace? Or do you get someone else to say it to you? Jonathan, have peace, have peace, have peace. Do you just keep asking God to give you peace? God, give me peace. God, give me peace. Again, check out season five, episode eight, fruit of the spirit episode. In order to have peace or any of the fruits listed, we need to focus on the cause. The Holy Spirit flowing through a person, which is grace. Awesome. So this comes down to having the only long-term healthy thought process, which we covered in the godly thinking episode. Hmm. Now you go, go ahead and look again at the list of fruits and see how all of those are in effect of the right method of thinking. So the cause is godly thinking via grace. And to help someone with that, what do I need? I need God's doctrine. So, I've mentioned a lot of episodes there. I would look at the godly thinking, the grace, and the doctrine episodes. Season three, episode 13, season two, episode 13, and season three, episode 14. These are going to be key for us getting in the right thought process to help us have healthy behaviors. And these are going to be the key to having the right information to give somebody the counsel they need in order to have a healthy thought process resulting in healthy behaviors. If a laborer or counselor has poor or bad doctrine and they are unwilling to be questioned, then they will do more damage than good. If a laborer has good doctrine, regardless of whether they say they are a Christian counselor or not, they ought to be able to help the person repair mentally and emotionally. So the big picture ultimate answer for this topic, as with all the episodes we've covered season seven, is leadership, grace, and love. The specific ultimate answer for Christian counseling is a conjunctive, bringing repair with the right doctrine. So again, I'd say bringing repair, which is counseling, with the right doctrine which we could say is the Christian half of Christian counseling. Ooh, nice. So you have a great definition of the ultimate definition for a Christian counselor. Yes, we do. Amazing. Okay. Well, before I jump, jump forward and repeat that back to your satisfaction, let me repeat back to you what you've shared as the ultimate answer so that I understand you. And this whole season, we're talking about facilitating the purpose and progress of others, which is leadership by taking direction from God's grace. The result is to love them. We're looking to love them. Yeah. And so we don't want to enable. We don't want to judge. We don't want to bully. So grace and love are the ways that dissolve being a bully or enabling someone. If we're focused on loving and taking direction from God, if we follow that grace 
we will not abuse someone else, will not bully them, and will not enable them. Right. So there is a role in the Bible that shows the value of psychologists and counselors, and Jesus called that role a laborer, someone who is toiling with words, with works of words as a teacher to help someone with their mental and emotional state. And the laborer's ability to repair people mentally and emotionally depends on whether they have good doctrine or they're using platitudes to help someone. So ultimately, the big picture answer for this topic is leadership, grace, and love, as it is with every topic. But for the specific situation of Christian counseling, it is a conjunctive. Christian counselors ought to bring repair with the right doctrine. They ought to be helping someone grow as a result of the of the break or the wound that they've experienced in their life. They should become stronger than before the break happened, which is repair. And they would have the right doctrine. They'd have the right understanding behind how God's thinking works, how to use truth and apply that in someone's life. They would have these the doctrine to be able to help someone repair the broken mental or emotional state that they're experiencing. Is that to your satisfaction, Joel? Absolutely is. Thank you so much. What a great conjunctive we have there for Christian counseling. I love it. Thank you, Joel. This has been What the Flock. If you'd like a deeper study on this topic and how to deal with people who either bully or enable, listen to the Music of Life Church podcast companion episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.